Welcome to Forever White Belt. I am Adolfo Ferranda. In this episode, I have the honor of having a conversation with Brandon McCaffrey, co-owner of 10th Planet Decatur, Alabama. Brandon earned his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Eddie Bravo and was the first 10th Planet instructor in the entire southeastern United States. He has received each of his Jiu-Jitsu ranks directly from Eddie Bravo. In addition to being an experienced teacher and black belt in the traditional martial arts, Brandon has staked his claim as one of the top grappling competitors in the Southeast by taking titles in Kakuto, Good Fight, IBJJF, Naga, and even Freestyle Judo, to name a few. He has led 10th Planet to multiple team titles at many of these same events. Brandon is also one of the most highly respected instructors in the global 10th Planet organization, teaching seminars all over the United States on a regular basis. 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu Decatur was recognized as the top-ranked academy in the 10th Planet system in 2014, largely in part to the team's competitive successes and Brandon's reputation as a world-class instructor. Brandon is a prolific idea machine, and with the help of his wife Lindsay, also a black belt, to filter and execute on the good ideas, together they have cultivated a fascinating life based on a foundation of doing exactly what they want to do. It sounds so simple, right? But I would argue the majority of us make compromises in our career paths, and that is partially what makes people like Brandon so interesting to share time with. In this episode, we talk about his martial arts evolution, how he started, grew, and maintains his academy, some of his online strategies, his love of Pearl Jam and Radiohead, super chat sound effects, and his most recent endeavor and passion, the PGF, Professional Grapplers Federation. And with that, I give you Brandon McCaffrey. Let's start from the beginning here. How does a kid from Northern Alabama find and train under Eddie Bravo in Los Angeles? Well, I just got into martial arts because I was overweight, to be honest with you. <laughs> My wife and I joined together. She was trying to, we're trying to find some exercise that we could do together. She's always been super in shape and uh, I was getting a little sloppy. So she was like, yo, let's go try it. We were watching the UFC forever. She's like, let's go try to learn how to fight. I was like, okay, let's do it. And then from there, we signed up and got our black belts at a karate school, or like Tung Sudo Mudokwan, which is like a Korean mm-hmm. style. And uh, we trained Japanese jiu-jitsu there. And then I wow. went on to start trying to learn under Eddie from there and just always traveling to Los Angeles and having him out here. Or I used to have a rule that if he was within a 10-hour drive, I was going to be there. Wow. And at that time, at that time, man, when I was a white, blue, purple belt, especially, he was somewhere every weekend. So yeah, I just wow. stalked him until, until I got good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you and your wife, Lindsay, did you guys actually move to Los Angeles or how, how did, how did this happen? No, no, we stayed, we stayed here in North Alabama and just, so I never had an instructor over me day to day, a jujitsu wow. instructor, at least I did. Wow. I did in my, in my other martial arts training, I had a great instructor he was really instrumental in teaching me how to learn about martial arts. And so I think he kind of helped me set myself up or set us up to be able to learn. And then I'm just a, I'm an eager student, man. Once I get obsessed over a thing, like I put my hooks in, I really only know how to do like one or two things in my life, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seems like that. And we'll touch upon a lot of those. People should know also, as you mentioned, you are multidisciplinarian in uh, martial arts and and all kinds of stuff, right? I just did Tung Sudo Mudo. All of my grappling training started there with Jamie Webster at the Tung Sudo School, and we were doing mixed martial arts there. I learned quite a bit about grappling from Jamie, but all of my jujitsu ranks are from Eddie directly. It's so it's a family affair, right? Yeah. Me and my wife's a black belt 
in 10th Planet also. She's a black belt in Tsung Sudo Mudo Kwan also. And then both of my kids train. They're little monsters too. Actually, they're not even little monsters. They're just monsters. Not anymore, right? <laughs> I'm old, yeah. man. I'm old, bro. Were you particularly athletic as a young guy? Because I watch you now and man, your movement is so smooth and effortless. I'm sure this is after over a decade of, of your experience and stuff too. But you mentioned you were overweight like so many of us. Were you the regular guy or what? Yeah, I mean, like, I love I love sports. I loved basketball. I played basketball, but I wasn't exceptional by any means. You know, just standard, straight-out-of-the-box white guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't, like, a six-foot-five? No, five. no, no, no. I kind of wish is that we could scale, Brandon. You know, I wish there was multiple of you because you have so many things going on and so many great ideas and you seem to be like this idea machine it's, it's something that you just see a gift that you seem to have and you seem to have this like agile mindset meaning uh you're not afraid to try new things and adjust on the fly and, and make mistakes in public learning lessons no, if you yeah, will but not not just in quotations actual mistakes <laughs> <laughs> is that just a part of you or, or what have you always been like that as a kid like just always coming up with all these ideas yeah, man, I've always been like that. And, you know, it's funny, my wife and I, so we own all the businesses together, split down the middle, like mm -hmm. she's my partner and everything, right? Because I do have a lot of f fun ideas but all, and good ideas, but with those good ideas come a thousand terrible ones first. Mm -hmm. And so her job is to go, that's terrible, that's horrible, don't do that. <laughs> no, stop <laughs> trying that one. So her job is to call my enthusiasm just a little bit. Because I'm always on the moon, like, like at all hours of the day. And then she's like, come back to earth at least yeah. a little. We'll try. And thank God, because, yeah, that definitely keeps me from getting too crazy. Well, what's some examples of like your absolute worst ideas? I owned a chicken restaurant one time. That was a horrible idea. That was the worst <laughs> idea. That was the worst one. Don't ever own a restaurant, dude. That's some super duper high level stress when you're oh, an man. owner operator of a restaurant. Just just the fact that your inventory can actually go bad is, is a terrifying prospect. Yeah. Well, when you just don't even, I don't know, just don't own a restaurant. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, especially right now, you got to be feeling that way if you're a oh restaurant owner. What a terrible time. I guess some restaurants, though, have really thrived during this. Yeah. As, as, yeah. Uh, you know, depending on what their original business model was and then how they've shifted it. But, man, tough time to be a business owner, especially out on the West Coast, man. I feel just so much sorrow for my friends out there that own businesses, yeah. just yeah. watching them struggle, dude. It's tough to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's touch on that. Can you talk about your school and you know how, how that, the beginnings and the, and the origins, I know you guys were in a smaller space before you're in this big, beautiful space. It looks like now it, it just seems like such a cool place based on the videos that I've seen. And how is that transition from the good old days to these COVID days? So we closed uh, we actually closed our school a little bit early, like when it was still just suggested for everybody to close down. We were like, mm -hmm. okay, we understand that. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll shut her down. So we, we closed in early March, and then um, we reopened on May the 23rd, actually, limited in a limited fashion. And we, we're following this, the Alabama state guidelines on sports, mm -hmm. high school sports practice. So mm -hmm. we're just following that. And we've had 
no issues whatsoever mm-hmm. so far. I'm not taking one side or the other on what the thing is and isn't. Right. And just so far, right. we've been, I guess, I guess we've just been lucky. I don't know. That's, that's a relief um, to hear and a breath of fresh air considering, you know, you, you know what other schools are going through right now in different parts of the country. Yeah, man. I know what they're going through financially and like with their business being closed. I haven't heard about any major outbreaks in any of the schools, though. I know mm-hmm. that there definitely have been people that have caught it for sure. But I, I don't know. I haven't heard. It's just not a lot of information out, I guess, on it. I guess people you, that are training, they're kind of keeping it quiet. And if they, I don't know what's going on. But we have not had anything major happen. But we've also taken some extra measures that we didn't take before. So that whole, I th- and everybody, I think, is just su- way, way, way more careful about mm-hmm. training when they don't feel well right now. Yeah. Did you, I, did I you know. notice any initial factors, hesitancy? Sure. Oh, yeah, bro. I had some hesitancy myself. <laughs> you know, yeah, of course. And and still, even though our membership is normal or higher, actually, than ever, wow. as far as role and students go, That's great. our attendances are down across the board. So people want to support, but they're not comfortable just yet, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I mean, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that, man. My grandmother has or had stage four lung cancer. She just passed away. And so we didn't get to go see her oh, sorry, during the that. entire pandemic, uh, you know. This is this is the cycle. This is the way things go. But, you know, we've, we've all got little sacrifices that we're going to have to make or, or big sacrifices in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Weird time. But, yeah, we've been training since late May. Your idea to even start the school in Decatur. It's Decatur, correct? Yes, sir. Just just that whole process of the inkling to start your school. So when we were training at Jamie's at the Tung Sudo place, uh, it's called Webster's Karate. When we were training there, I started learning from Eddie at that time. The responsibility of the MMA class at the at Jamie's kind of became mine. And so I started teaching a little bit, even though I was very limited in what I knew, to be honest with you. But I was more advanced than most of the people in the area mm-hmm. at that time, even though, I, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, my God. But, you know, it'd be like taking fundamentals class from a blue belt. You know, he's plenty you can learn. But yeah probably some better better ways to go about it as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of the situation that I was in where I was a teacher early just for lack of we just don't have any jujitsu here. Like still even to this day I'm the only jujitsu school in the city. No like in the county. Okay. In the mm-hmm. county and the neighboring county and that neighboring county. There's some in this county, but still limited. You know, we probably wow. only have maybe fifteen black belts in the whole state still. Wow. If you want to learn jujitsu at that time, especially 2006, 2007, you had to learn from a blue belt or a purple belt somewhere. <laughs> you weren't going to fly out. That's how I got started teaching. And then just it, uh, it morphed into an official 10th Planet location. Our school hit the 10-year anniversary this past April. Wow. March. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks, man. How did your former teacher feel about you? You know, was there any kind of weirdness in terms of like opening your own business or anything like that? Jamie was always, he's a super open-minded martial artist. Mm -hmm. What Jamie tries to do is to instill like a love for martial arts in his students rather than Mm -hmm. a love of this martial art or this martial art, or even, you know, he was a form, like he was a a Kata champion. He's a national champion with that. And so he's good with weapons and like point sparring, et cetera, et cetera. Great at that. 
but he also dabbled in a little bit of everything. Like he was a giant Bruce Lee fan, a giant Muhammad Ali fan. So he learned how to box a little bit and wow. he learned a little bit of Jeet Kune Do. He got to end up getting a black belt in Japanese jujitsu. And then he learned a little bit of judo and he learned some samba, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so if I ever showed, oh, listen, I'm interested in learning this, he'd be like, fly, bird, fly, learn it, come and teach me, you know? Wow. And so there never was a tension. Uh, and we ran the schools, uh, the 10th planet was located inside of his gym for years, huh. for a first huh. couple of years. So it was always a really healthy relationship. Once I moved out into my own, we've kind of like lost. We don't ever see each other train really anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but no, there was never really, um, no, Jamie's a good dude, man. And so have you kept that sort of mindset in terms of how do you feel about your students cross training with other, you know, traveling somewhere? I and think it's, I think it's necessary. Hmm. Like if you want to be good, you need to, it just depends on how good do you want to be. What are your goals? What are your actual goals? Hmm. Like if you're trying to have a deep and like ingrained into your DNA knowledge of jujitsu, you're going to need to listen to multiple ideas. That's the mark of intelligence, right? They say that's the mark of intelligence is to be able to hold one idea in your mind while considering an, another opposite idea at the same time. So I think you need to be able to do that, not just with different martial, different styles of martial arts, but with different styles of the same martial art, different ways of solving the problem within the same way of the solving the problem, if that makes sense. Grappling is a way to solve the fight problem. Jiu-jitsu is a way to solve the grappling problem. Gi is a way to solve the jiu-jitsu problem. No-gi is a way to solve the jiu-jitsu problem. Tenth Planet is a way to solve the no-gi jiu-jitsu problem. You, you understand? And it funnels mm, down. Fascinating. But each mm. of those... Each of those funnels down into different ways. And then the individual practitioner, if he's experienced, if he's wise, he's going to have his own personal expression as well. And he's going to understand that is its own way. So like the details are always different. Every black belt does has different details on an arm lock. Why is that? Is there not a right mm -hmm. way to do an arm lock? No, the deepest details are always personal expression. The show name is called Forever White Belt, and it really embody. I think you embody the, our sort of mindset in terms of like keeping that beginner's mind, always having that thirst to learn. Well, dude, I just love jujitsu. Like I'm gonna train every day. Mm -hmm. I don't show up to the gym because I need to find out if I'm the best dude at my gym. I'm the best dude at my gym. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Mm -hmm. That's not why I train. So why am I 40 years old and still rolling 20 rounds a day? There's a love there. There's a passion there that, and there's no other way to quench that. Mm -hmm. I, I can't find another way to quench it. So I quench it with this and it's, it's stimulating in um, a way beyond winning and losing now that uh, I love it more than I ever have. You open your initial school. I, I believe that was a different location for you or where you are now. How does that transition look like? Yeah, this is our third location. Wow. Third location. So we started out at, yeah, we started out at Jamie's right. and we had that back room there and then they would finish their main class and we would, they would bow out and I had a key. And so then we would take the big mat after everybody left, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then we would just clean it up and take care of it. And then from there, I got hired to come and teach at a, it was called Bender's Gym. It's like a 24 hour fitness kind of place, but local. Right. And they were starting an MMA program and they hired me to come and be their head coach. Probably the last year of my purple belt. No, I was, it, it was pretty quick after that when I got my brown, but I was a purple belt when I got hired to go there. And then we, the school stayed over there. So it just became, I brought 10th planet jujitsu over there and we had a full MMA program, wrestling coach, a couple of striking coaches. And then 
from there we were just we were just growing too much we had to find a new spot so we had 900 so we started out in less than 300 square feet of mats mm-hmm. the second location was less than 900 and now we're just slightly less than 3,000 square feet of mats. So we have a 5,000 square foot facility, which is, that's a pretty big place. And 3,000 of it is mats. It's just open mats, no poles, no walls, just open like a sea of mats. It's huge. Just a massive warehouse, huh? Of- and we fill it up, bro. We fill mm-hmm. it up. Before, before COVID started, we were having 50 to 60 every night. And there was no Not hesitation. Every, night, every, Tuesday, every Tuesday and Thursday. Every, that was before coronavirus started. Right. Right. You know, now, now obviously the numbers are, are much less than that, but I, I expect so, them to go back to that. What is this I, train that keeps going by when you record there? <laughs> I, we're, we're right beside the train track. <laughs> it's just, we're, we're in a warehouse district. So there's nothing yeah. around us, but just warehouses and factory. Whenever I watch some of those videos and a train goes by, it always reminds me of my youth. Cause I grew up right next to a train track. Also with me, my mom. Yeah, and well, my house. Complex. So I live in a house in a different city and it's, we hear the train over here too. Yeah, it was weird because when I moved to my first apartment, there was no train going by at night. So I couldn't sleep for quite some time because Man, I was I used it. to that noise. You know what I mean? Man, I have to have a fan, like a really loud fan <laughs> to be able to sleep. What's going on with the BMAC show? That was a fantastic show. Great production. It was, it's super entertaining. And uh, having you know, done research for this interview... It was really entertaining. It was really high production. Yeah, thanks, it was man. fun to watch. What's going on with BMAC Show? It was called Not the BMAC Show. Not the BMAC Show. Right? Yeah. So in the intro, it goes, Look, it's not the BMAC Show. Remember, yeah. it's not the BMAC Show. So really, you're in season two right now. You just don't know it. This is the ah. BGF. Uh, I was wondering about that because I go to the YouTube channel and... Uh, it's the same team. PGF. We'll get to PGF, but yeah, let's talk about BMAC yeah. Show. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, what it, that's what's going on. You're in season two right now. Clever, clever. Uh, it's bird. not the BMAC show. So I hired Keelan, Conscious Keelan. That's what we call him. We just call him okay. Keelan. But on the internet, he's Conscious Keelan. And he was one of my blue belts at the time. I wanted to make, I just know we have something really special going on at our gym. And I wanted to let people see what it was like inside to train there. Like not hmm. just not just teach techniques, but like, no, no, look at why everybody wants to train. Here's why everybody is, have not everybody, but why people are really flocking to our gym, our little gym in Decatur, Alabama, and just give them a look at the other personalities. Like it's not because of me. I may be kind of at the top of the the leadership, but leaders eat last. The reason that our gym is successful is because all the great people I have around. And I want everybody to get a look at why we have so much fun and why people want to be there. So that's what the show is. That's why it's not the VMAX show. Just so happens I'm the idea maker. And so I hired Keelan to start working with me and just filming everything that was going on. So just catch B-roll footage, catch, you know, not just me teaching the technique to the camera, watch how I teach it in class and see how I interact with the students and watch how the students interact with each other and watch how I teach when I go to the small group to make the corrections and stuff like that. And, but even yeah, watching you guys just, interact on like Uber rides or walking around town or traveling, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really fun stuff, you know? Yeah, it is fun, man. I only am going to do every day what I want to do, like things that excite me to do. I've tried to like follow that idea since I was young. Okay, I know I'm a good dude. And so whatever I'm going to put my heart into is going to be good. And so I just try to chase it everywhere I go and uh, make sure I surround myself with people who will tell me when I'm having dumb ideas. 
What a, yeah, God, that's that's a great that you executed on that as a sort of lifestyle, a framework to live your life. You said like the leaders eat last type of thing, the whole Simon Sinek sort of thing that he uh, popularized. H- how do you cultivate this type of mentality in your in your academy? You just do it yourself. Hmm. Uh, and then over time, this is Peter Drucker. He says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I think that's right. It's not that I'm a, I'm not even like a strong businessman, if I'm being honest with you. I feel like a blue belt as a businessman, but I feel like I'm a leader of men though. Mm-hmm. And I've put work into becoming a leader of men. And so the culture is what propels our business. It's not because I'm making mm-hmm. smooth deals and like, it's yeah. nothing like that. Mm-hmm. It's just culture eats strategy for breakfast. And as you said, you, you really have a, a complimentary team around you. Yeah. It seems to really shore up the deficiencies that you seem to have identified of yourself. Oh, yeah. And I got plenty of them. Yeah, I got plenty of them, right? And and uh, it's my job to know what those are. And if I have a weakness or if I have something that I just can't do, but it needs to be done, then I have to hire somebody else to do it because it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't need to be done, then I shouldn't be doing it either. So, yeah, I just try to focus my business on – I stay in my wheelhouse – you know, like I don't know anything about politics, so just talk about jujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got a question. You got a question about Pearl Jam. I got the information, but if yeah. you don't know what, what to talk about Pearl Jam or choking somebody, I really got nothing for you. you know <laughs> yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah. I love my <laughs> so '90s rock also. <laughs> yeah, bro. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, I, I really just try to stay in my wheelhouse, and then you know, and like you said, man, I do. I am kind of like an idea person, but I have to have somebody who executes those ideas. Mm-hmm. And so I try to try to identify people who are passionate and who are like people of excellence. They're samurai. They have a samurai spirit to take on those roles that I need filled. What do you mean by samurai even spirit? If, even if, like that everything they do, they move with excellence. When they wake up in the mm. morning, they dedicate themselves to the pursuit of excellence, regardless of what it is that they're doing, not as, mm-hmm. a, not as a martial artist, but as a human. And so if you have a craft or a job that you've been assigned to, okay, I will do whatever it takes to perform this with excellence. And I may make mistakes, but as long as I'm moving with, as long as I'm moving with excellence as the goal, the job will get done well. You know, even if it's, even if it's uh, amateur in the beginning. So like with Keelan, for instance, when we hired him, he had never done any of this stuff before. So you're like, you're watching all this. Wow. Great production. Like, wow. He hired a professional team. No, I hired one of my blue belts, but I hired a blue belt that would move with passion. I hired a move, a blue belt that would move with excellence. I knew that whatever assignment I gave to him, he was going to, if he didn't know how to do it, he would learn how to do it. And I just tried to keep all of the assignments into this particular little narrow place so that he would learn the skill that I wanted him to learn. And eventually he got really, really good. And he started his own company. And now I just pay for, I just hire his company every month. Wow. That speaks a lot when you put that much faith and trust into people. And I think that they greatly appreciate that and rise to the occasion typically. Hey, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You have a lot of stuff happening. You have a a fantastic BJJ Fanatics instructional. You have what I'm more familiar with is the Kajabi uh, material that you've put out, which is incredible. Quite a bit there. You have your your $19 a month as of this recording, I believe, uh, online academy there. And two of the things that I have, and one of the things that I purchased was the lockdown class, which is fantastic. And the the free, actually, triangle material that you released also. And what was really interesting with your Kajabi material and the lockdown one in particular is you even offered a sort of a sliding scale 
type of option for for people, which I think in the in these times are is greatly greatly appreciated. Yeah, well, I I wanted to put the information out there, but I also knew that it's not the best time to be asking people for money. You know, like how about we support each other here? You sling me nine dollars if that's what you got, and I'll mm-hmm. throw you the dopest lockdown instructional ever. Mm-hmm. That's a fair trade. And if you can do more, then do more. If you haven't lost your job, here's what I was going to charge for. And so, yeah, just anything. I remember Radiohead did that back in the day. Oh, that's their right. Their album. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got to be a Radiohead fan. I became mm-hmm. a Radiohead fan because I downloaded their album for free. Yeah. When they they did a – I didn't do it for free. I did it like for something like a dollar. I did like a dollar or two dollars. But they did a pay-what-you-want model, like just digital tip jar. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I got super into Radiohead off of that idea. So I know that idea is, is valid because it worked on it worked with me. And so I just wanted to give it a run too. I thought it I thought it could be a, a great time to try something like that. Let's get into your latest project and it seems like it's a massive sort of undertaking that's very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it's the PGF is what you're calling it. That's the Professional Grappling Federation, is that correct? That's right. You'll have to explain it because initially I was really confused about what is this thing because day one I'm tuning into this combine of grapplers and I'm like, wait, what's happening here? I don't really get it. I thought this was going to be some kind of tournament or something. (laughs) So can you expand on that? Yeah, I'm making a sports league, like a jiu-jitsu league, (laughs) like the way that there's an NBA or an NFL. There's the NBA of basketball. There's the NFL of football. There's the UFC of MMA. I'm making the PGF for jiu-jitsu, for grappling, I should say. It doesn't really even have to be jiu-jitsu. It's more akin to the way that the NFL or the NBA runs than the UFC, where the UFC is like made matches and we have a champion at the top and there's never a tournament or anything like that. What we're doing is we have 32 players, all belt ranks. So there's white belts all the way to fourth degree black belts that have been in the league so far. And every week, oh, and it's and it's every it's under 195 pounds this time. This ah, so okay. There's people in that are from 145 all the way to 195, and they're all different ranks. There's 32 guys, and every week you play three times, and you play 20 games over the course of the season. So you're going to meet up with 20 different opponents. And it's all submission only. So mm-hmm. six-minute match, submission only. It can end one of three ways. A draw where – so you and I fight and we go to a draw. Zero points for you, zero points for me. You and I fight and you beat me with a break, which is what we call a joint lock. So an arm lock, heel hook, twister even. You're mm-hmm. going to get three points towards the playoff. So that's called a break. But if we fight and you submit me with a kill, which is a choke of some variety – Ezekiel choke, rear naked choke, guillotine choke, triangle choke, then you're going to get seven points towards the playoff. And then we have a seeded playoff after the 20 games. So the, the number one seed versus the number eight seed on each side of the, on each, from each conference will meet in a submission only, no time limit weekend tournament. So then it becomes like a bracket situation. Yeah. The top eight from each conference meet just like the sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. And it's submission only, no time limit for the playoff. It's going to so happen how, over the course of one weekend. Saturday so where does something like a calf lock or a compression fall into the non-kill, correct? So that would be three yeah, point. That'd be a break. So can you also speak about the combine? Oh, so we just did the combine at the beginning. We just were taking like athletic measurements. So mm-hmm. like we, we did like pull-ups, push-ups, dead hang, 
you know, we measured their cardio, we measured their speed, took all their reach, height, weight, all that stuff, gave them their jerseys, had meetings with them. So we just, instead of calling them in, just, uh, all right, come down here and let's all have a conference and a meeting. Uh, let's also, um, we'll have some fun with it and we'll stream it and we'll have an NFL combine for our guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we brought in an orthopedic surgeon and his physical therapy team, and they work with the NFL Combine every year. So we brought them down to do our Combine, too, and we just live-streamed it. That's awesome. So yeah, we just, we're live-streaming everything every Friday night. So the oh. whole thing's there every Friday night. So yeah. the Combine started before the season, and then each week all the matches are on Friday night, free on YouTube, totally free mm-hmm. to watch. And one of the things that I particularly really like that you guys are doing are these uh, PGF clips. The clips are fantastic because you can just watch a super exciting match for like between one and six minutes, as you say, right? Some of them, yep. it's, it's fantastic. So I could just get a little endorphin drip every time. Like, oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. And our submission rate is something like 75% right now. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Like there's almost no draws in comparison and there's no like butt scooting. It's not none, but you don't see people drop into their butt. You don't see like the leg lock spam situations because we've incentivized the chokes, incentivized the kill rather than Mm. the break. And so what you're seeing, we've just finished week five. And what you're seeing is that it's affected the style of play, like in a really positive way so far. I can't wait to see how this, you know, if you get it through a few seasons of this, how the strategy will sort of evolve. Initially, it seems tempting just to go for the kill, get that 7777, but who knows? Maybe racking up those threes and, you know what I mean, alternating somehow. That's going on in the league, right? So you can check the standings and the scores and the schedule and all that. It's at pgfhome.com. There's a guy right now named Jonathan Roberts. We call him the elbow genie, and he's got all joint locks. But he's, he's submitted everybody that he's gone with so far. And he's got all joint locks and one choke through five weeks. But every, he's, he's won every match by submission. But he's only like sixth in his conference because he's done all three-point plays instead of seven-point mm. plays. Mm, so there are a couple of guys ahead of him that have got mostly chokes, and they're in front of him. So this week he came in, and he was like, it adds an extra layer of excitement to the match. Rather than just, is it going to end? It's like, how is it going to end? There's a drama there as the guy pushes for seven instead of three. He pushes mm-hmm. to kill the guy instead of injure him. And also you guys are doing some really interesting profiling now of competitors. Yeah, we're trying to, yeah we, we want to do some of the, you know, kind of UFC embedded stuff. So me and Keelan, we're working on this as our full-time jobs right mm-hmm. now. And it's definitely full time. (laughs) So yeah, I teach at the school. Like I'm able to do that because I, again, my wife is a fantastic business partner. And so Mm -hmm. she really is in charge at the school. I just teach class and it's Scaff, Matt Scaff, one of my black belts. He works there as well. And so they, they do all the hard work at the school so that Mm. I'm free to just be a a weirdo and have (laughs) ideas and and they, they execute on the ideas. So I'm the dreamer and they're the executioners. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's one of the things I was going to compliment you and them on is uh, I know Matt Scaff and your wife, Lindsay are the hosts of the show, right? They're kind of like the MCs and they're fantastic. They're fantastic. I mean, Matt, Matt is incredible. He's a what purple belt or a brown belt? He's a black belt. He's a black belt. Black belt. I'm sorry. A black belt. And man, this guy was born to just be like a, you know, an MC or, or something of this. He can just go on. Oh, and he's on. perfect it's, for it. He's it's so entertaining. He's to just listen like to him. He's just like me because he's totally obsessed with jujitsu. And mm-hmm. like, it's all he wants to do. It's all he thinks about. And he also is like a giant sports and fantasy sports guy. He loves keeping up with stats. And so he's just dorking out on it. Mm-hmm. Perfect choice. 
I mean, he's got yeah. his podcast, so he can talk about it there. And then Lindsay, again, mm-hmm. is super duper organized. So she kind of plays the producer role, gathers it. All right, everybody, go this way. I want you to talk like this. Now you're going to say this and mm-hmm. make sure we mention the sponsors, you know, because if it was just up to me, I'd just be like, right, who was the sponsors again? I'm an idiot. <laughs> so so can you can't you, have one, two people like me on the broadcast. You're not a big in front of the camera part of this whole thing. Fantastic. Yeah, it's not the BMAC show. One of the things also with Lindsay, who's also really a great co-host, is I keep hearing the womp, womp, womp. Can you explain what that <laughs> is? Well, I'm walking around, Brandon, and I'm saying this womp, womp, womp. My wife says, what the hell are you? I just keep saying it as I'm walking around the house and gardening and whatever the hell, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's funny. It's stuck yeah, in my head. You'd be like really surprised how many how many times I've heard that. Like Really? Like people are going around going, blah, blah, blah. It's infectious. Well, when <laughs> I first started doing the live videos on my YouTube page, because I have so many subscribers, there's something called a super chat. So yeah. like the people in the chat can just give money to me. Like I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And so we were doing a um, those live streams and I didn't have like a soundboard. I was like, oh, every time somebody gives – a super chat, I should have a sound that plays, but I didn't have a soundboard. So we were laughing about it on the stream. I said, well, I'll just do it in the mic. I'll go, wop, 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 super chat. We just kept doing it. And we took it over to the show <laughs> as well, which is, it's super, it's funny. It's the professional grappling federation. It's super unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any changes that you've made and what worked and what didn't work? Maybe things that we we've seen and things we haven't seen. So, We've had two players that have dropped out so far, both black belts, which is interesting. Yeah, the main thing that I was trying to do when I put it together was that I wanted to have people that I knew were into the idea and that would be reliable and would just come and have fun and be basically drama-free. Anything that causes me drama is out. Anybody Mm -hmm. that causes me drama is out. Uh, I feel like I got up a good crew, man. I, I really haven't had too many problems. I haven't been doing a live audience because of the COVID situation. That's been a big part of it that I haven't had to manage that part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I've had, I've been able to give my attention to just trying to be there for the players and trying to create a game and a culture and a situation atmosphere where they want to be there, where they're enjoying being there. And that's, that's what we have. I haven't really taken on any major sponsors because I don't want to have to answer to anybody. I just want to do what I want to do. And eventually I'll just, I'll just keep doing it. So I'm just going to keep doing it, whether money comes in or not, because I like doing it. And so that's what we're trying to build is a situation where, no, no, we're going to continue to do this because there's not going to be any success in anything if there's not consistency and discipline stretched out over time. And so I'm trying to build a thing that we can consistently do in a way that we want to do it. Because if I'm fired up about it, I'll wake up and I'll obsess over it all day. You know what I mean? Yeah, But if it feels like drudgery at any point, if, if it starts to cause me drama, if it starts to cause me not stress, but distress, you know, so there's like two types of stress. There's distress and there's eustress. Distress is bad for you. Eustress is good for you. Hmm. I like to be stressed out, but hmm. in a way that moves me forward. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So I like to have too much on my plate. That gets me up in the morning. Make sure I get all this stuff off my plate, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it has it has to be things that, that I'm free to move in as well. And so that my major focus is making the league that mm-hmm. something that I can obsess over all day. And because I built it the way I wanted to build it, it's going great. I don't have to answer to anybody. I just answer to me and the players. I answer to the players. I serve the players. 
You know, it was one of the really fun things to watch was, I believe it was you and Matt having a conversation on camera mid-match or something like that. And this was prior to the competitor profiles you guys were doing. And I believe he suggested, hey, you know, maybe we should do competitor profiles or something like that on camera. And you were like, just open to it. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll do that. So it was fun watching you guys adjust on the fly and just brainstorming on the fly there in, in front of us. Well, speed kills, man, in sports and in business, in my yeah. opinion. Sometimes you just got to throw stuff up on the wall and see what sticks. Definitely nothing's going to stick if you don't throw it on the wall. So, uh, yeah, I, I, make, I move quickly, but I don't have a big ship to turn, and so I can move quickly. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I mean, it's a big ship in some respects, but it's, we built it so that me and Keelan could run the whole thing by ourselves. So it's a big ship in some respects, but it's not like the NFL. The NFL can't make a decision on the fly. So, right. But anything with, within the parameters of my own brand, I can just turn and look this way if I want to. I can turn sure. and look that way. Yeah, you guys are a speed So, yeah, you can right make now. decisions fast. Yeah. Yeah, and the NFL is like a battleship. Yeah, so good luck turning that yeah. quickly. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I'm putting the PGF. You'll notice there, there's not like a, um, a PGF Instagram page and a PGF Facebook page. It's Correct. under my brand. It's it's a project of mine. So mm. I can toss it and leave it at any point and come back to it whenever I feel like it. It's a subsidiary of my brand. I was wondering why you were doing that and why there hasn't been any sort of, you know, isolated like you yeah, said. Yeah, there, there probably won't and, be. Hmm. There probably won't be. And, you know, by if I had started a, a fresh professional grappling federation page, we wouldn't have all the subscribers and the views that we have right now. Mm, good point. Mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, by being on YouTube and having a certain number of subscribers, you get certain privileges and you're able to mm -hmm. do certain things. You know, I got thousands of videos on that YouTube channel already. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm able to do things that just starting a new YouTube channel, you're not allowed to do until you hit, I don't even know what the number is now, but when I started my YouTube channel, there were no limits. Anybody could just do anything you want. Right, to. right. Going back to the combine, have you seen any correlation between sort of combine outperformers and their performances? Yeah, definitely. There's a guy named Matt Anderson that we have in the league. He's a white mm -hmm. belt, okay, but he's a, he's cutting weight to make 195, mm -hmm. and he's a very very high level power lifter. So for for his weight, he's the best in the state. But he's a white belt, and he studied martial arts. He studied grappling in the past, fought MMA in the past, but he's not a jujitsu guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he's just he's a white belt in jujitsu, but his combine numbers were much, much better than everybody else's in most respects. It's like he, he jumped over 10. He did a broad jump of over 10 feet. So his legs are incredibly strong. He beat everybody else by like two feet. Yeah. And then he came in, he had a, a pretty easy schedule to open up the first two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. And he came in and he tapped a brown belt in the first week or maybe the second week. He's tapped a couple of blues and purples and white belts. So yeah, man, he's outperformed his rank, and and we we knew that that, that something like that could happen because we watched what kind of athlete he was at the combine. Some of the my favorite competitors, I got to bring it up because it, it's been so fun. Initially was and this guy, I would have never thought. I watched the combine, I'm like, this this is kind of a strange looking character, you know, and body shape and and everything was uh, the, the scarecrow, the scarecrow of doom, the scarecrow of, of doom. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, this guy doesn't have a prayer. And then you see this guy, and wow, he won hell of a triangle, and his game is really something. He's a really fun to watch. This guy's a a natural star, if you will. And yeah, I became dude, a huge fan. We call him the Scarecrow of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's been fun to watch. And uh, Nilo, Nilo, boy, he's he's a lot of fun yeah, to watch, Danilo too. Yeah, 
Yeah, that kid is a man. Um, he's incredible, a beast. right? Yeah, just he's twenty-two man. years old. God. Yeah, I wish I had all that testosterone. I know, right? And then uh, Eric Longo. I wish I had any. <laughs> yeah, same, same, man. Hey, Eric's an interesting case, right? Yeah. Because he's a brown belt, but he's way smaller than most of these guys. Yes. Yes. But man, his his top he has some of the best top game in the league. He's had a tough break. He hasn't been a, he hasn't won as many matches as I thought he was going to win coming in so far. Mm-hmm. But he's also had a really tough schedule so far too. But yeah, even against the guys like that are way bigger than him, when he gets on top, man, his passing and his top is is some of the best even though he's the smallest guy. It's really interesting. Yeah. He has a different game than what you think he's going to have. Are there any other sort of standouts for you that you enjoy watching? Oh dude, the elbow genie. Elbow Bay. Oh my God, dude. He's got all subs so far. And all, all almost all of them are arm locks. I think he's got like nine arm locks already. And then uh, Elijah Carlton and Caleb McAllister are the presumptive favorites on each side of the bracket. So Elijah is undefeated so far, all subs. And Caleb's undefeated so far as well. well Matt got Elkins a, is another one. Matt Elkins. And are we going to see any more of your commentary work? I love your commentary work. That's it. Anything that happens with EBI, CJJ, you know, the overtime project that Eddie just started doing, any any of Eddie's projects I've been doing the commentary on. So as far as I'm told, that's going to continue until uh, otherwise noted. You know, one, one other thing I want to talk about too real quick is the PGF uh, logo and branding. It looks really nice, man. That's very cool. Oh, thanks, man. That was done by Eric Bell. He's the owner and operator of Matt Viper, and they're the they're the main sponsor of the league. Is there going to be any sort of merchandise or anything like that? Yep, you can go and get merchandise right now at mattviper.com. We've got rash guards, and we've got a couple of dry fit t-shirts up there too. And yeah, Matt Viper cool. is the sponsor for a couple of guys like Bryce from the UFC that you might recognize, Bryce Mitchell, a couple others. Where can people get more information about you and everything that's going on with you, PGF and otherwise? Um, Honestly, the best way is I have a private Facebook group. It's called BrandonMC.Ninja. Just go there. Dude, there's free stuff in there all the time. We That's where we do most of the PGF information is in there. Like, you know, we're talking about this PGF and everything. I'm not really like putting a lot of marketing and advertising energy behind it. Like we're just letting it kind of grow organically. And really, I just announce it normally there in my private group or on my Instagram, there's been no ads or really attempts to get outside attention on it. So it's growing sort of slowly and organically. Mm -hmm. The best way to get all that kind of information is there in the Facebook group, BrandonMC.Ninja. Also Instagram, BrandonMC.Ninja. And the PGF is on YouTube. So it's free on YouTube every Friday night. If you'll go subscribe, they'll let you know. Well, thanks so much for being on Forever White Belt. I really appreciate your time. It was really an honor to talk to you, Brandon. Hey, thanks man, so much. Honor for me. Pleasure for me. Thank you. I am Adolfo Ferranda, your host, Forever White Belt at Forever WB Showed.